Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast. I'm your host, James Wiley, and with me is guest co-host, Matt Kalo. Matt, how you been? I'm doing pretty good. Just got back uh, from Mike Garcia's wedding in Italy, who I got to spend I got to spend the uh, evening uh, being victorious over Aaron while sitting next to Aaron during most of the uh, wedding. So that was pretty, that was pretty enjoyable. In a foreign country. That's in awesome. country. And, you know, it was, so it was pretty good. Does that mean... That you can now say you're the greatest in the world since you're more world-traveled? I am the only person in this league who has won a matchup from another country. That's true. Until, until December, during the week of the Brian, when I'm in Iceland, and I'll win the Brian when I'm in Iceland. Or you'll come in second place again. Oh, yeah, probably that. (laughs) All right, so just to quickly update you guys on some major injuries, uh, fantasy-relevant injuries. Uh, Will Disley's out for the year with a torn Achilles. Amari Cooper is week-to-week with a quadricep bruise. Uh, Baker Mayfield has a hip pointer. He's day-to-day. Alvin Kamara has a left MCL sprain. He's day-to-day, but he's actually already been ruled out for this week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has some knee soreness with no known diagnosis, so he's day-to-day. James Connors week to week with a quadricep contusion. Chris Thompson's likely out at least one week with a foot sprain. Josh Gordon's left knee is sprained a little bit. Mike Williams has a right knee injury. Again, no known diagnosis. He's just been suffering with this injury most of the year, pretty much. Um, all the Packers wide receivers look like they're not going to be playing today. So keep that in mind when you are putting out your lineups. And by all of the Packers receivers, I mean the top three, Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Devontae Adams. Um, So then we had Thursday night when Patrick Mahomes went down, and he looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks with a dislocated knee. Uh, Kalo, you actually have Mahomes. How do you feel about that? I mean, you know know the name of my team, so... I can deal with a few weeks without Mahomes playing, especially knowing that he'll be back when it really matters during the playoffs. Especially since my team is five and one. So, and for those of you who don't know the name of his team, it's focused on the playoffs. You are focused on the playoffs. You're five and one. You can probably withstand the time that Mahomes is going to be out. Uh, you're going to pick up Matt Moore. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence now. I you know, there's a few quarterbacks out there. I don't want to give anything away. But uh, yeah. somebody who might have a must. I kind of was joking. I don't think you should pick Matt Moore up. <laughs> well, somebody out there who might have a mustache, I might be thinking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll hurt the definitely hurt the Chiefs for a little bit. But from a fantasy standpoint, if you're five and one in any league, you're probably not too worried about this at this point. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we do have three teams who are five and one in our league: uh, myself, you, and. The McCaffrey Mouse Club, Kyle Baystain. So that's where we stand with the injuries this week. Uh, Before we jump into the recap and the uh, preview of next week, Matt and I had a little idea that we would pick out a second half of the year breakout. It is week seven, so this is the middle week of the regular season. So we decided that we would each pick out one person to be a breakout second half of the year player. And Matt, I'm going to toss it to you first. Who's your breakout second year, second half of the year player? I'm probably going to surprise people with this, but, you know, I think everybody's been looking at the running backs and, you know, knowing there's those big names out there. But there's also those big names that have been injured throughout the year. So one of those players is David Johnson and his backup, Chase Edmonds, has been creeping up behind him with a. Uh, uh, Chase Evans has been averaging about six yards per carry over the last few games. And if you compare that to David Johnson, who's been averaging below four yards a carry, I think that makes it a pretty compelling case that if David Johnson continues to linger with back injuries and ankle injuries, that uh, Chase Edmonds might take over that starting position. I mean, let's assume that, you know, David Johnson goes down for good. Obviously, then Chase Edmonds takes over you know, completely, and then he becomes a beast RB1. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. He has been succeeding and doing pretty well with limited touches. If he were to take over the whole backfield, right. he would definitely be a very intriguing player. And he can catch um, catches out of the backfield, too, just like Johnson's been doing. So, 
Yeah, I think he slides in very well and replaces Johnson in very well. I think the yards per carry thing is a it, it's an it's not a great stat. I don't like it because you know, best example I have for you is uh, I think three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Leonard Fournette had negative three yards on the day, and like one of his last carries, he got a sixty-nine yard run. And he ended the day with 15 carries for 66 yards. That's over four yards per carry. Really, he had one carry that was good. So what you're saying is he's probably going to be more likely 10 yards per carry. That's probably the six is probably a little too low for what he's going to be averaging. Oh, sure. That's that's exactly what I'm saying, Matt. People out there, please realize I'm not actually saying that. (laughs) I'm just appeasing Matt so that we don't get into an hour talk about yards per carry. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) As... We as it usually is, we, we're talking about these second year second half of the year players, and they kind of rely on injury and usually somebody gets injured and someone steps up and comes out of nowhere, and that's what we're kind of rolling with. Um you know, one of the players I th- had thought about was maybe Ronald Jones. He seems to be running pretty well and and much better than Peyton Barber, but I didn't go with him because a lot of people have talked about Ronald Jones. And all year, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, really. I can't explain it. It's just a feeling. I have not been willing to let go of Royce Freeman off my roster because, and I actually traded for him. I feel like if he were to take over the backfield in Denver, then he might actually produce in a good fashion like this past Thursday night against Kansas City he did have 10 carries only for 35 yards but he did get the touchdown he got the goal line work and additionally he had four receptions and and Philip Lindsay didn't have anything uh, in that department so I feel like having both the carries and the receptions is showing that he's a more complete back Lindsay is a small guy there's a potential there for him to get injured. They really have no loyalties to Philip Lindsay. He had a good year last year, but he's an undrafted player. Royce Freeman was a second-round pick. They're going to lean towards the thing that they invested some of their own goods in, and and that second-round pick is a, is a valuable good, and they invested that in Freeman. So I think that eventually we're going to see a transition from – Philip to Royce. Right now, they're splitting carries about 50-50 every week. If something were to happen to Philip Lindsay, I think that Royce Freeman could take over and be a very productive and useful running back, too. What do you think? Yeah, I think he makes them, like, just like Edmonds does, makes the most of his opportunities. Um, I think your, your point about him being a receiving threat is probably one of the biggest things that we've seen come out of this year, that uh, running backs who can catch the ball and get some yards after the catch are pretty valuable. So I think he's proven his well, he's proven his uh, value in that end. And uh, he's rushing, you know, just as efficiently as Lindsay is. So I think it's a pretty, pretty safe bet. And I guess just a matter of waiting and see what actually happens over in Denver. All right. So we're going to look back at last week's matchups, talk about who beat who and how bad they beat them. And then we're going to preview this week. So, We'll start off with the Ass Man and the McCaffrey Mouse Club, the current champion versus one of the higher uh, ranked teams this year. He's ranked second currently at five and one, the McCaffrey Mouse Club. This was a pretty close game. It came down to 5.5 points. The McCaffrey Mouse Club won 119.6 to 114.1. And he did that on the back of Lamar Jackson getting 30.1 points. Chris Godwin getting 21 points and McCaffrey getting a measly 19.7, which is not much for McCaffrey. Um, But he took down the ass man who scored 23.9 points from Carson, 19.5 from Carson Wentz and uh, 14.8 from Julio Jones. What do you think, Matt? You, you got You have a lot of feelings about the ass man. Why don't you tell us about those? So anytime Joey Wack loses, is a good week, but you know when I look at when I look at his team, it looks you know when you put you put a pot on the uh, you put a pot on the stove, and you know hits that boiling point, and then when you turn the pot when you turn the stove off and it starts to cool down, yeah, 
Joy Mac's team is a pot that's been turned off the stove okay. for about an hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> it's it's not even warm at all anymore. It just is. So, I mean, look, at, look at his roster. I mean, Carson Wentz has potential, but when you go down, Chris Carson, he had a good game, but <clears throat> I don't think that's a real Chris Carson. Derrick Henry, I mean, he, he had a good end of last season and I guess a good beginning of this season. He's not going to carry. He's not going to carry that uh, momentum into the remainder of the season. Tevin Coleman has potential, but he's going to be splitting carries in the backfield. Julio's good, but he's not getting the production he's gotten in previous years. And then, as you go down, Valdez Scantling. I mean, I don't even know why he. That's when you see a guy like Valdez Scantling in your opponent's lineup, you should go give that person a hug and say thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate you and. You putting in a player like that? Well, Valdez Scantling's in because Devontae Adams was out. Yeah, but even Devontae Adams isn't producing to the level. I mean, when you go down, you look at George Kittle. He's he's good, but is he going to be able to produce you know significant numbers every week? Uh, I don't know. This team this team does not look like a playoff team in my opinion, and he's two and four at this point. So I guess when I, I guess when I look at this, I'm not really surprised. Kyle's team, on the other hand, wait, 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 stuck. about Joey Whack as he liked to call him. We whack, yeah. Is is this a? Are you are you calling for a first to worst situation? He might make the play. He might he might uh, sneak into the playoffs, but I think he's coming back down to earth. I think he had a couple uh, a couple years like Eric did, being a I guess a lucky lucky manager in our league. But uh, I think he's coming back down to earth. And even when you look at his bench, he's got a, obviously Devontae Adams is going to be one of his starters, but. I just have to. I have to go out on a limb and say his team looks like a pile of garbage. Okay, uh, just another name I, I'm seeing out there on his bench that wants to jump back quick to the second half breakouts. I think Miles Sanders is another one. Um, I think he could be valuable because you know once playoff time really starts and crunch time really starts for this, he's going against Miami. He's going against the Giants. He's going against Washington. So I think Sanders is another name to look out for as a breakout player. There's too many mouths to feed in Philly, though. That's there the are. problem. <clears throat> who who you got to feed there? Burtz, Jeffrey. And that's it. Let's just put it this way: I don't see that guy. I don't see Sanders breaking out like a potentially like a Royce Freeman could. Okay. Star He's his bet. He had his best week, I think, in week six, and I think that's it. And he was on his bench. So yeah, yeah, okay. So enjoy, enjoy that, Joey Wack. So, do you think what's what's the deal with Daniel Jones? He's holding on to him for what? I mean, he's got one good week. Yeah, I think that's what Joey Mac does, or Joey, sorry, Joey Wack does. He holds on to the past, and uh, you know, just like he does with Daniel Jones, he's probably going to do it with his, you know, his last couple, se- his uh, last season and his previous championship season. He'll keep talking about it until he finishes eighth in the league and loses in the first round of the playoffs, but. <laughs> Okay. Let's put it this way. The guy's team the guy's team is garbage. But when you look at Kyle's team, I think he has some pretty – I mean, he's, his team scares me because you have Lamar Jackson, stud quarterback. When you have his two RB1s and you got McCaffrey and Saquon, that's going to be scary, even though he didn't get to play him last week. He's got great flexes. Um, James White is a good flex to have. Breda, great flex to have. Uh, Robert Woods has been producing pre, you know, average, which is kind of what you'd hope for from a wide receiver. Westbrook, I don't, I don't really know about that, but I know he has Allen Robinson on his bench, which I'm sure that, you know, he'd be putting Allen Robinson in on a good week. Chris Godwin is a complete animal. He's killing, he's killing me because I have Mike Evans on, uh, I, I have Mike Evans on my bench, uh, my team, and obviously that's taking all the taking all the production away from Evans. And then, obviously, from there, his kicker is an absolute stud, too. He got 13 points last week. <laughs> what an animal. So, I think Kyle's team is definitely a force to be reckoned with this year. I think he's proven it so far, but he made a few trades. Uh, obviously, the Saquon one being the yeah. most critical. Yeah, it was – It was. I mean, he was supposed to be out for four to eight weeks, and people were saying initially that it was closer to the eight weeks than the four weeks. And – He's been practicing in full this week, so it's going to end up being the four-week mark that he's back. So, yeah. really, it's almost like three and a half weeks. Um, Let me take a moment to, to thank Wes for screwing us all over for the rest of the season. Thank you, Wes, for giving Kyle the top 
one or two running back in the league for what I would consider to be nothing if you compare it to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, (laughs) it should also be noted that Saquon Barkley plays Miami and Washington Redskins in weeks 15 and 16. So (laughs) thanks for that, Wes. You probably could have done pretty well with that. But now you don't have him. You have Aaron Jones and Juju Smith, who you traded Aaron Jones to me. (laughs) And now you have Devonta Freeman, T.Y. Hilton, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And a lot of a lot of nights of praying and hoping that his team will one day make it back to fourth place in the DFFL. For Wes? For Wes. Wes made it to third one year. Oh, he did? Yeah. Alright. Maybe I took that away from him because of that trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> killing killing me, Wes, killing me. Alright, so let's look at another matchup. We're gonna go on to taken down by Big Red, Mike Cranmer, and Fondue belly button, Eric. Taken down by Big Red is four and two. Fondue belly button, two and four. And this one was not quite as close as some of the other matchups this week. Uh, Cranman put up 132.2, and Fondue belly button put up 115.2. Do you attribute any of that on Eric's side to him being in Italy? No, I think Eric was, uh, he was prepared for this. He set his lineup. I think he did what he could. And honestly, I think he put up a pretty good showing, even even considering, uh, uh, you know, he didn't win. He got 115 points, which was respectable. Um, obviously, he didn't get the production um, from a few of his players, but you really can't knock him. He put together a decent lineup here for this week. Uh, Cranman's team, or I can't say his name on what I usually call him, but... Uh, <laughs> His team is just his team is good. He's got a few good players on his bench. He's got Mac on his bench. He's got um he's got Singletary who's gonna be coming back. I don't know. He's got a he's got a pretty good team. Ingram's Ingram's killing it. Uh Drake's obviously gonna be coming out, but he gave him enough points to put him over. McLaren is uh you know, he's he's producing. Beckham, Keenan Allen, that's not Keenan Allen that we know. He just had a bad week. Michael Thomas. I mean, his, t- his team's actually pretty stacked. So he's got a stacked wide receiver core. Yeah, yeah. But even his running backs. I mean, he's got Mark Ingram's been he's been as good as you could hope he could be. He's got Singletary, who's going to I think come back and produce. Uh, I, I think to a level that's going to be RB two at least. And then Marlon Mack. No, no, I said Singletary could be an RB2. No, I know, but I'm saying he's he's got Marlon Mack, so. And Marlon Mack, who's proven that he can, you know, get you 20 points on a regular basis if, uh, you know, he gets the carries, which he's, he's been getting the carries, so. What do you think of Darius Geis? Allegedly, he might be coming back soon. I don't know. I think that guy is, uh, I think he's all hype. I think he's been hyped up for the last couple seasons. And I think until he produces, there's really no reason to trust in him. <clears throat> Maybe keep him on your bench just to have him there um, in case you need him for a flex week. But I don't really think Cramner needs him for a flex. I think he's got enough weapons. So if he stays as on IR, just keep him in the IR slot. But I think Cramner is pretty solid right now. But obviously anything can change. You know, it's only week seven now. So I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of injuries coming. And Hopefully he drops one of those players or trades me one of those players. Um, and then I can give him two crappy players. And then I can be like Kyle and win the league, maybe. <laughs> By the way, thanks again, Wes. Thanks again for giving up Saquon for nothing. <laughs> On Eric's side, how do you feel about Nick Chubb? Do you think he's going to be the guy all year? Do you think Kareem Hunt is a second-half breakout type of guy? I don't know. I think they're going to use Kareem Hunt a little bit, but I don't think you. I don't think you mess up a good thing. They might just use Kareem Hunt to give Nick Chubb a little bit of a break because he's been he's been utilized pretty heavily, <clears throat> and you don't want that. You don't want a guy like that to get hurt. So I would. Okay. Say that. I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to be the Kareem Hunt that we knew him as uh, when he was on Kansas City. Okay, and let's talk. One of the dud, the dud matchup of the week. Uh, West Wesley Snipers 
versus Carl Malone FC. Both teams heading into this match one and four. Uh, any of them looking for any kind of semblance of a team in in Carl's defense. He did have Tyreek Hill out up until this week, but you know he didn't feel comfortable putting him in. And Tyreek did put up 22.5, so it kind of hurt him that he didn't put him in. Um, but it looks like Tyreek is back, and he can, I guess, well, actually, I guess not now that the quarter, now that Patrick Mahomes is out, but not a lot of luck as far as that goes um, for Carl. But Carl put up 74 points, 74.8 to Wes's 92.2. Wes took the win here, was 2-4. and four. Ends up in 8th place. Now you got, right now, Carl and Diddler are the bottom feeders at 1 and 5. Um, with Wes, Joey Mack, right there at 2 and 4. Uh, those are the bottom 4 right now who are really, and Eric, 2 and 4. So you got those 5 really as the bottom feeders. And the rest of us are all pretty solid. I'm not going to say this just to be mean to Joey Wag. <laughs> But I would take either one of these teams over his team at this point. They at least have – I mean, when you look at each of the teams, they have the pieces. It's just they can't get it together. They can't get it to work. Uh, Carl Malone FC has a good quarterback who could break out any week. Bell could break out any week. Obviously, he's been held back by the fact he's on, he's on the New York Jets. For Net, he's expected to potentially be one of the breakout, breakout players of the second half of the season. Uh, Allison obviously probably want to take him out, but he's got Jacobs on the bench who could potentially break out too. Cooper, solid, uh, <clears throat> a solid option. Obviously, he's not uh, the Cowboys are having a little bit of a tough time, but he's had great protection earlier in the season. I think he just had an off week against the Jets. Um, Fitzgerald and Gordon both could be good, but he's got Tyreek on the bench. I mean, you could pull him in. Uh, Christian Kirk could break out at any time. I mean, I think he's got the weapons there. He just needs to figure out a way to put them into his lineup to make things, I guess, go work to his favor. He's got Golden Tate, too. So he's got depth. I mean, he's got the opportunity here. I think he just needs to figure out a way to, I guess, put his lineup together every week to maximize his points. Okay. Uh, and then – Wes, Wes's team, I look at Wes's team and I, I kind of laugh because his his highest scoring player was a player that was originally on my team, which isn't, <laughs> shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. But uh, Jared Goff? <clears throat> no. <laughs> so Devontae Freeman, obviously. So but you look at his team, he's got he's got decent pieces. He just needs to, you know, also like figure out what's the best way to maximize their potential. Um, obviously, he's got to get rid of Jared Goff. Goff is this is which not- he did this week. He did okay. Yeah, he picked up uh, Josh Allen for against Miami this okay. week. That, that's a good pick. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I was looking at his lineup for this coming week, and it looked pretty decent. So we'll talk okay. about that in a little bit. All right, you want to give him a, one more shout out on the Saquon trade? Yes, Wes. Thank you so much for giving up one of the two best players in the league for what I would consider to be probably the equivalent of what Joey Wax team is. You gave okay. up Saquon Barkley for Joe, for Joey Wag. Shame on you, Wes. Shame on you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so next matchup we'll talk about sh- probably should have been the matchup of the week last week, but they went for in and uh, they were actually the matchup of the week, the second week of the season. So we reverted to uh, a different matchup for the matchup of the week last week. But one of the better matchups, two of the better teams. You've got focused on the playoffs, Matt Kalo and Moetry and Potion, Aaron Kelly. Previously in week two, focused on the playoffs, had beaten Moetry and Potion, Aaron Kelly. Um, but this week, he did it again. 114.4 to 105.9, uh, advancing his team to 5-1, and one, and Aaron dropped to 3-3, three and three. and Aaron is ranked 5th, but I feel like he's a, he's a team that's just waiting to kind of explode. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Aaron's team is is definitely one of the definitely one of the top five teams in the league. Um, he, I think he just gets unlucky. Honestly, <laughs> there's no reason I should have beat him this week. But you know, when you're when you are at the level of greatness that my team is, you just pop out wins like this every once in a while. Yeah. Well, he had Todd Gurley out. Right. Right. Um, that didn't help him. Yeah, I mean his bench did well. <laughs> but yeah, but you're never really going to start start Carlos Hyde. He's there as an emergency kind of situation. He's a great flex. You know, he had Austin Eckler, who it's tough. It's tough there now because it's like a split, and neither one of them are actually doing very well. Austin Eckler is very affected by the fact that. Um, Melvin Gordon's come back. Right. Uh, David Johnson had a great game. Sean Watson had a great game. Thielen had a solid game. And then everybody else was in the single digits. It wasn't too great. Uh, Eckler, DJ Chark, Cooper Cup had a rough game. Travis Kelsey has just not been Travis Kelsey of late, uh, even though he is the second-ranked tight end. You know, it's it's all relying on really the first couple weeks of the season and then the last three he's been single digit do you expect that to pick up now that they have another quarterback coming in or drop down usually a tight end is kind of a safety valve so do you kind of expect that to pick up for Travis Kelsey yeah I think I think Travis Kelsey is <laughs> if he has a bad week here and there um it's it just you know it happens but he is he's a great player I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's one of those players that even if he scores 10 points or less for two or three weeks in a row, he could come back and give you 20 to 30 for the next five. But uh, I think you're right. I think Mahomes being out could potentially work into his favor because Mahomes is a bigger fan of the deep threat. I think now they're going to have to maybe play it a little bit shorter um, with more coming in. And maybe Kelsey gets, you know, how many uh, targets is he averaging? So he's getting he well he's getting about five to six receptions a game, so maybe that goes up to ten. Who knows? And that gives him, you know, an extra few points there, but also the yardage and potentially more touchdowns. I think that if you're going to throw it to a guy on that team who's most likely going to catch the ball, it's probably going to be Travis Kelsey. Okay, makes sense. I agree with that. But so his team is. I mean, when you when you look at the team, it's you know if you if you if he plugged in one player. You know, in some of those spots, um, for Eckler, for Shark, obviously you're not going to take those guys out. But he could have easily topped me. Um, and a lot of the guys who didn't have awesome games are more than capable of having awesome games because they've done it already this season multiple times. And Thielen, Thielen is an absolute beast. He is obviously Cousins' number one target. He's proven that time and time again. Uh, Thielen will catch passes that nobody else on that team can catch. And, uh, you know, Diggs obviously is picking it up a little bit now, but Thielen's the consistent receiver. So I think okay. that, that the pieces. I think he's got the pieces here to make a deep run into the playoffs. All right. Flipping on over to your team. Now, at the start of the year, we were like, wow, this is a good team. Um, you made a move. You got Mike Evans, got rid of Diggs, got rid of Devonta Freeman who going into the season, everybody kind of expected a lot from, but you traded them away for one stud and it seems to have taken away a little bit of your depth from your team. Um, And you and I were talking during the week and kind of looked at your team and I was like, dude, what happened to your team? Like it was supposed to be really good and it's still good, but I feel like you're carried by like four heavy hitters and then hoping from stuff from other people. You've got Mahomes, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Mike Evans, and then you're really just hoping anybody else on your roster will contribute. You're in a tough situation where you have two of the top backs, so you have both of their um, handcuffs, and that takes up two of our very limited bench spots. Um, So... What do you think? What's what's going on with your team? Tell us about your team. Yeah, I think uh, obviously Mahomes going down. It's going to hurt a little bit for a few weeks, but he'll be back for the playoffs, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, Elliot and Cook, I'm not going to worry about those guys. But after that, <clears throat> I've always had a, I've always had an issue with uh, depth at the wide receiver position. Um, 
obviously I'm, I'm going to have to ride with Evans. <laughs> I just have to, you know, he's, he could be a WR wide receiver one. Uh, DJ Moore is proving that he could be a good, he's a good role player. He gets me 10 to 15 points a week. I can live with that. But my flex has been like constantly a, an area of concern for me. I mean, obviously I put the Marcus Robinson in last week. Um, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, I think that's going to be continue to be one of my areas to watch. I, 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 I wouldn't say wasted, but I, I put a lot of stock into tying up my uh, handcuffs on my bench. Yep. Because uh, Ze- uh, Zeke's handcuff, Pollard, is an animal too. Obviously, he's not going to play because Zeke is crazy. And uh, Cook's handcuff, Madison, is also proving that he can, you know, when he gets an opportunity, he'll go crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really tough. I mean, Mike Williams, for thank God, has sort of started to show that he can be a threat. He's He's gotten over 70 yards in his last couple games. Um, I think, you know, the injury with him is always something i got to watch out for. But he's finally starting to show that, you know, he's he's here to play. He's here. Uh, he's a threat. And I just need him to start getting into the end zone. Once I think once Mike Williams proves, if he proves that he can get into the end zone, then I think my flex issues resolve. He's like got Waller as a tight end who Waller is – I think the biggest delight of my season so far, being able to grab him early in the season to kind of fill in that uh, that position, the WR tight end flex, which I don't necessarily agree with. But uh, I'm going to fill yeah. in tight end because I just feel like that's the that's the player that's supposed to be there. That's supposed to be a tight end. So, okay. One of the better ones. More than half the league is actually using it in that way. More than half the league has a tight end in that spot. Six out of ten. Um, just for you listeners out there, if you didn't think Kalo was an evil genius before, or at least just evil before, he's sitting in a spinny chair right now, and he has a cat in his lap that he's petting. And that's just that classic, like, spin around, petting the animal on his lap, like, evil, evil person in the, in the movies, so... Just letting you know that that's happening right now as we speak. No comment. <laughs> All right, let's move on to last week's matchup of the weekend. Lastly, last week's matchup of the week was Diddler on the Roof at 0-4 against Wiley's Dead Footballers. Sorry, at 0-5 against Wiley's Dead Footballers at 5-0. and And I don't think many people gave Diddler on the Roof a shot in this one. He put up the league's highest score, 140.8. To Wiley's Dead Footballers, one thirty point four, who put up the second or sorry, the third highest score. Not much that I really could have done about this situation, but kudos to Diddy. He did it. His team broke out like he kind of was waiting for them to do, and he had a good week. Is this something that continues, or was this just a fluke week for Diddler? I don't know. I mean. It's kind of crazy he wins his first game with 140 points and the highest score in the league. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got risk because he's got Adrian Peterson, who's going to be, obviously when Chris Thompson comes back, is going to be fighting with him for uh, playing time. Samuel, I think that was a fluke. I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong. I think Samuel is definitely a second half of the year breakout uh, candidate. I really like Samuel and his the routes that he runs, and he catches – a uh, very high percentage of passes that are thrown his way. It's just coming down to whether Kyle Allen or Cam Newton's in there, and we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the year. But he's definitely a wide receiver who's in that category of potential breakout. But he's got to contest with so many weapons on that team. Yes. And and that is – Carolina is – they should just call it McCaffrey Panthers <laughs> because that is – he is the team. He is the beast on that team. And, you know, they'll pass the ball if they need to, but they're a run-first team. And, and know, half the time uh, that they pass the ball, they pass the ball to McCaffrey. Right. So, I mean, DJ Moore, I fall into that same issue on my team, but I don't know. Samuel, he could have good weeks, but I wouldn't count on him being an every, every week uh, receiver. Yeah, I mean, he had 21.8 points, and part of that is he had one carry for eight yards for a touchdown. 
that normally goes to McCaffrey. That was a fluke thing. So, you know, you take that away and you're looking at 15 points, which is more of a reasonable expectation for him on the high end, I would say. You know, four receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. You can you can hope for that. He's had similar numbers to that for the rest of the season, um, except that touchdown. That touchdown is, you know, occurs every once in a while. But four, five, six catches for anywhere from 50 to 90 yards – is probably what you can expect, and then if he gets a touchdown, it's a bonus. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You got you got Ridley after that. Ridley Ridley's one of those guys that he could break out any week. I think he's got he's lucky to have Julio Jones grabbing all the attention of their uh, obviously the starting cornerback, whoever that may be, whoever they're playing that week. But yeah, I mean, the rest of it, Jarvis Landry, uh, another guy broken from being a Miami Dolphin for too long. <laughs> He's having a oh, he went to the Browns, and that would have been enough to fix him. That is pretty sad. That from going from Miami to the Browns is like going from anybody who's from the Midwest. I apologize. Like going from St. Louis to New York City. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, wait, do you think that St. Louis is better than New York City? No, no, no. I'm saying in terms of cities, going from St. Louis. Like as a city where there's probably not much to do to a city like New York where there's a lot to do. It's just I think I, it's the reverse then. I think Miami has a lot to do and Cleveland doesn't. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm I'm comparing him to the teams that he was on, not the city itself. Miami was like living being on Miami Dolphins is like living in St. Louis. And then comparing that to going to the Browns feels like comparatively the same as going to New York City. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. He all, he went before all those pieces were there. So he went when they had one win the year before, or no wins the year My before. point is Miami sucks. Yeah, I get it. But so did Cleveland when he went there. Yeah, but Cleveland's actually a contender now, obviously. Now, but when he went there, they weren't. No. Okay, I agree with you. So he went from a shitty team in a nice city to a shitty team in a shitty city. Yeah, I, I don't know, James. I think you're defending Miami too much here, but I guess I'd defend Miami <laughs> if everything hanging on my walls was signed by Miami Dolphins players. And <laughs> it's it's a very scary it's a very scary place to walk through uh, James's hallway to see all the Miami memorabilia on the wall, realizing, wow, this is a team that. Could have been so good, but they just never figured out how to actually be good <laughs> for so long. Yeah, yeah. All right. What? Uh, anything to say more about Diddler's team or my team? No, I think obviously your team is your team's pretty good. Uh, Kamara Kamara's out this upcoming week, so yeah, have to watch that. But <clears throat> Gordon's Gordon's a beast. Jones is has a lot of potential. Uh, Jeffrey's been doing well, but. We'll see. Diggs, Diggs, I don't know what's going on with that guy. But uh, New England defense, by far your best player. <laughs> <laughs> yep, MVP. My God, that defense is out of control. And then uh, you got a strong quarterback. I think your team's – you have a pretty complete team, and you even have a pretty good bench. You have a good tight end. What about my kicker? You have the best kicker in the league. Oh, okay. You have a champion. That's what they say. They say <laughs> – Kickers win championships. That's that's what they say. That's what people say out there. <laughs> that's the way I remember it. <laughs> but, uh, and your bench is pretty, you know, pretty solid too. You got Thompson, who's going to come back and be good. Freeman, who has that potential. Uh, I told you, Ingram already. AJ Green, don't know about that. Hopefully, for you, he comes back at some point. But uh, if he does come back, that would. Probably be pretty terrifying for everybody else in the league. He's he's an animal too. Yeah, we will see. But I, all right, I think Diddy. I think Diddy's gonna. He's probably gonna stay in the bottom of the basement for a little while, but maybe maybe creep into the playoffs. We'll see. All right, so heading into Week Seven, Thursday night game is complete, and we have a couple teams with scores already. We've already mentioned that. Focused on playoffs has 7.2 from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mo Dream Potion has 11.1 from Travis Kelsey and Philip Lindsay. Uh, 
Carl Malone has 14.9 from Tyreek Hill. And Fondue Bellybutton has 25.3 from Butker, Sutton, and Damian Williams. So let's break into some of these matchups. And first matchup we'll talk about is Wiley's Dead Footballers at 5-1 against Fondue Bellybutton, 2-4. Uh, first place team versus sixth place team. And projections right now after the Thursday night game say that Wiley's Dead Footballers will get 109.5. And Fondue Belly Button will get 100.8. The score currently is 25.3 to nothing, as Eric has had three players go, and uh, I myself have had no players go. So, do you think that there's a chance for my team to overcome with Alvin Kamara out and and take over that 25-point lead that Eric has started himself off with, or... Do you think Eric uh, pulls it out? I think you. I think it looks like you might have this week. I think he uh, he had a Damian Williams really hurt him. I think um, obviously that team dealt with a little bit of a challenge this week, but I think you have too many weapons on your team, and uh, his uh, some of his weapons have already gone and haven't given him what he needed. So I would definitely. I think I'm going to go with you this week. All right, I think you had a solid week from Butker. He got twelve. I think that Cortland Sutton is is definitely a manageable um, score at eleven point seven. Damian Williams does hurt. I'm a little nervous about Gordon because he's going against Tennessee and he hasn't really done much yet this year. Hoping this is maybe his breakout week. Um, He'll do better than one point six. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Knock on knock on wood. Jets Jets kind of looked decent last week mm. and. That makes me a little nervous for my best player, the Patriots defense. <laughs> Don't worry. He's got Sonny Michelle going against the Jets, so that should balance it off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think you have too many weapons. And even the players he has left, Michelle has too many. There's too many mouths to feed New England, that's for sure. And Jordan Howard, he's good, but he's not going to He's not gonna give uh, Eric what he needs. Scaladay could break out. Um, because Minnesota's defense has been a little bit underwhelming this year. DeAndre Hopkins is really the guy that uh, they're playing Indy. He could really put up some numbers, but you have too many players. I would say he needs to. He has had, like, half of his season so far has been below 10 points. Yeah. He's had one 20-point game. His last two games have been 12. He needs to do something, man. Yeah, I think this is a week to do it, though, if you're going to do it. That's somebody you pick in the top five to eight picks of the draft, and he hasn't done anything. I mean, he's the 17th-ranked receiver right now, and it's based totally on his first week of 27 points, really. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So I, I think I am hitting Eric at a good time with Nick Chubb on by, so he does have to play Jordan Howard. So, you know, I... I I always feel nervous picking myself against Eric because he puts in the Jordan Howards and the Sony Michelles and the um, Damian Williams of the world, and he finds a way to win. It hasn't happened yet this year, but if it was going to happen against somebody, I'd say it would happen against Eric, or it would happen against, or it would happen against Aaron, or it would happen against me. Yeah, I mean that's possible. But so you're taking you're taking Eric then? I'm guessing. No, I'll take myself. Whatever. I mean. There's one thing I want to bring up before we get off this topic of Eric. So while we were at the wedding in Italy, I think a lot of people in the league think that Eric doesn't really care about fantasy football. Uh -huh. I'd have to say every like 20 minutes, I had my phone, I had service the whole time. Eric came over to me and said, how am I doing? How's my team doing? What's my score? Every 20 minutes. So I think for all those people out there who might think that Eric doesn't really care about winning and doesn't care about how he does in the league, I think he proved that. I think he proved to me last week that that's not the case. So okay, he's a All right. he's a he's a sleeper lover of this league. I think I think he doesn't he doesn't show it, but he loves the league and so he likes fantasy football. He just doesn't like us in the group chat and stuff. I didn't think of it that way, but I guess that's probably what it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's a good little anecdote and and good to know. Yep. We like that people like this league. <laughs> All right. Next matchup we'll talk about is Diddler on the roof at one and five versus taken down by Big Red. Cranmer, come on. You got to change that name. Like, that was last year. Like, 
let's let's get a real name in there. The um, defense, he's not very original or intelligent. So anyway, and to his defense, he was he was three and zero, and I was three and zero, and then I beat him, and so he was taken down by me again this year. But the best thing about Cramner is his wife and the amazing cakes that she makes. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad that that's the way you went with that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um. All right. So projections say that Cranmer's going to win one ten point six to ninety nine point five again. Didler projected below one hundred points. Um. Probably has something to do with the fact that he has Joe Mixon and Adrian Peterson in at running back, and you know he's got Connor on by, he's got Landry on by, he's got his suspended Kareem Hunt on by, he's got Curtis Samuel on by. He's carrying two tight ends on a team that doesn't even have to play a tight end if you don't want. Do you think there's something silly about that? I think there's a lot of silly about Diddy, so, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I think I think he hit the F it button, um, and he's just he's just picking up whoever he can, just praying that it's going to just – he's like, I beat, I beat James, so if I just keep doing what I'm doing, maybe I'll just – I'll keep winning, <laughs> but I don't know. With this strategy, it's not looking too great. He's got it. He's officially got one empty bench spot and an unofficial second empty bench spot with Kareem Hunt. Like, would you, if if you were in his position, would you be holding Kareem Hunt right now, or would you be trying to find somebody who could actually contribute before Week Eleven? That's tough. I would. I would probably be trying to find somebody who can contribute. But in our league, where eight teams make the playoffs, if you make it in, and then you have a guy like that on your bench that could pay off that could pay dividends later on. And he isn't, he isn't that far from making the playoffs. So that's a judgment call. And honestly, right now, based on the judgments he's made this year, he's, he's, he's done a really good job making it to one in five. So I'm going to let him make those decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Doing great. All right. So who are you taking in this one? I'm taking a, as much as I don't want to, I'm taking a Kramner. All right. Yeah, me too. All right. But I hope they next match. I hope there's a, they both could lose. I'm hoping for that. Maybe a tie or something. They could tie. Yeah, possible. All right. Carmelone FC is playing against the Ass Man. Carmelone has jumped out to a 14.9 point lead, which is pretty solid, and that probably actually bumped him up to what ESPN is saying a 52 percent chance to win at 110.7 to 108.2. Do you think that that holds true, or do you think that the ass man overproduces and takes down Rob? It it, it should be noted that Devontae Adams is currently in the lineup, even though he's marked out, which is weird because he hasn't. It's not like he has been playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like a very good move to play somebody who's been ruled out for the week, but it's Joey Wax. So what can you expect? I, I honestly am gonna for this one. I think I'm gonna go Carl Malone FC. I think he has, obviously with Devontae Adams being out. and to, He actually, hold on, he actually doesn't even have anyone else he could play. No, he's in, he's going to put Valdez Scanling in again. <laughs> Remember but I, don't, I, I heard that. Filling him for the week? No, that's that's his starter now. <laughs> I heard that Valdez Scantling is potentially not playing as well, and that's the only other receiver he has on his team. I don't know. Well, We'll see. He's well. That that's yeah. That's good. That could be rough. I don't know. Time to drop Daniel Jones there, Joey Wack. Yeah, looks like he's gonna be. It's uh, gonna be having a rough week this week. But uh, yeah, he doesn't really have much else going on. I mean, Henry could bomb out. Coleman, he might not even get that many carries. Who knows? Carson, I doubt he's gonna have the week he had last week. Uh, uh, he's playing Baltimore this week. Yeah, Julio, he's you know he's been hit or miss. I don't know, Joey Wack. I think your runs come to an end. I think uh, I think this one's going to go to Rob or Carl Malone FC. I think he's got a pretty he's got a pretty decent uh, lineup set for this week. Yeah, I like Bell. I like Fournette, uh, Jacobs. I can go either way on. Terry Kill obviously got his roughly fifteen points. Christian Kirk, if he plays against the Giants. Definitely a valuable play. 
Uh, I don't like the play of two Arizona wide receivers. I think that that's something that maybe uh, that that Rob should really consider putting Golden Tate in. Yeah, there's no reason he should play two. He's got weapons on the bench. It's not like he's he doesn't have he's not like Joey Wack where he doesn't have any options. He's got three, at least three dis- decent options that he could put into the game. Yeah, he's going to have to try and get an early read on what's going to happen with Cooper and or Gordon because both are questionable and both are the Sunday night and the Monday night game, respectively. And so he's going to have to take a chance maybe on uh, on either Fitz or Kirk um, taking them out if he wants to try and hope that one of those guys plays. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with him playing Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate's a pretty good option. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'm going. Here is is I take Rob over Joey Wack because Rob's team is far beyond a much better team than Joey Wack's pile of garbage. All right, and I will just go the opposite of you just so that we can have some intrigue here because if we just keep picking the same team, it's going to be silly. So you pick the pile of garbage. Yeah. All right. Actually, I pick... I mean, you've seen Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. <laughs> when he's standing next to that big pile of of shit, like I'm taking that. Are we talking about Are we talking about Joey Wax team or Joey Wack? Joey Wax team. Oh, okay. I was talking about both, but anyway. Oh well. no, no, no! I was talking about Joey Wax team. Sorry, my bad. Um. All right. Next matchup focused on the playoffs at West Wesley Snipes. Uh, you can give Wesley Snipes a little thank you personally in this matchup. Uh, you did have Mahomes go at 7.2, and that now leaves your team left with 92.5 projected points against Wes Wesley Snipes, who's projected for 115.2. What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, it's it's scary, but I, I I have to give I have to give Wesley Wesley I can't even say his name. It's ridiculous. Wesley <laughs> Snipes, the edge here. I think uh, Mahomes going out um, is going to hurt me. I think playing Edmonds is, you know, it could pay, it could pay off, but it could also be a risk. He's obviously not the starter, but there is a good chance that David Johnson may not play. <clears throat> so, you know, I got some weapons on the team. I had to play Cole Beasley this week because I mean, really, you don't actually have another option. So, no, but I'm okay with that. But I mean, Wes's team is, I think. His team is where it needs to be right now. He's got you. Kind of messed up. You could have dropped Sammy Watkins down to your IR and then picked somebody else up for the week if you wanted to. Yeah, but he goes in and out on IR. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's why you pay attention. And Thursday before the game, you throw him in IR. Yeah, no, I gotcha. <clears throat> but uh, Eric, Eric would have paid attention. It's true because he loves this league. It's true. He really, he really loves this league. But uh, I think even even though West's team's a little weak, I think the fact that I'm playing so many, I'm playing two players, Edmonds and Beasley, that are I'm crossing my fingers and saying, "Hey guys, I really appreciate you guys doing something. I know you're not, I know you're not most likely not going to do anything for me, but you know I'll take whatever I can get." <laughs> and then his team is, he's got he's got Carryon Johnson, who's a little bit of a question mark, but. He's gonna play. Devonta Freeman's been coming alive. Edelman obviously is a good. He's a good threat. Lockett could get you ten points. Hilton could go crazy. I mean, Mark Andrews is a tight end beast. I don't know. He's got. He's got a good team. He sorry. He's got a better team than me this week. I, I'm sorry, Wes. Your team is not good. <laughs> if you play, if you still have Saquon, your team is good. But your team is better than my team this week because of the. I, have to put in. I don't think his team is bad. I like on Johnson. Freeman is a little rough. Um, it, it, you much rather see a Saquon there. But, I mean, Edelman's pretty good. I don't like Lockett, but Lockett's only had one week that wasn't double digits. T.Y. Hilton is good. Mark Andrews is pretty good on his bench. Marvin Jones Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster is really underperforming. You know, he's got McCoy, who seems to be kind of the guy a little bit right now. Um, he's had some some rough weeks, but he's the one getting the carries. 
I mean, he had 12 carries on Thursday night to Damian Williams, one carry. So I kind of, I don't hate his team. I think his team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but just for a second, let's play a game here. Okay. Wes, I'm talking to you. Just look at your lineup and just imagine that 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 second running back slot didn't say Devonta Freeman. Make pretend it said Saquon Barkley. How would that make you feel? Wouldn't that make you feel a little bit better? Knowing that you're most likely going to get 30 points out of your running back than maybe three or four. And then... Think about it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about Juju and how do you feel about Marvin Jones Jr. as his uh, third wide receiver then? I think Juju is... (laughs) Juju was a great number two receiver uh, to Antonio Brown because he wasn't... uh, he wasn't taking a corner, I guess, cornerback one coverage, but I think that Juju is really struggling to um, find the Juju of last year, and also having been Big Ben not playing is definitely not, you know, helping his case either. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even <clears throat> you play Juju because Juju is Juju, but uh, I don't think he's a guy that you're going to go into every week saying, oh, wow, he's going to get me 15 to 20 points like you would have thought last year. Uh, do you think Jameson Crowder has any value now that Sam Darnold's back? He's played two games with him and he's had 17.3 points and 12.8 points with Darnold. In, uh... I, I have no idea, honestly. I think it's going to it's gonna take a little bit of time to see. He's getting targets. He's getting He got six targets last week. So No, he had nine targets last week. He had six catches. Oh, he, six he had nine catches. targets. Uh, my apologies. He got six catches. First week. First week, he had 17 targets and 14 receptions. Yeah, but different. And right? those are both with Sam Darnold. Right. I mean, he didn't even have – he had 14 targets in four game, in three games without Sam Darnold. And he's got uh, 26 in two games with Sam Darnold. He's got a rough slate this week against New England. But after that, he's got Jacksonville, who just traded Jalen Ramsey. He's got Miami. He's got New York Giants. He's got Washington. He's got Oakland. He's got Cincinnati. He's got Miami. Yeah. He has a great, great lineup there um, for the next several games. It's not until week 15 again that he has a tough matchup against Baltimore. I guess when the Jets are probably going to be playing from behind often – I guess they're going to be throwing the ball, so that definitely will play. Wait, 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 what? You mean this week? No, I mean in general. The Jets will be playing from behind. <laughs> Against Jacksonville, Miami, New York Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami? Maybe not Miami, but... Or Washington. Dude, I guess Jacksonville right. sucks. The Giants suck. Washington sucks. Oakland sucks. Cincinnati sucks. I don't know. I guess you're right. Wow. They're playing a bunch they're playing a bunch of teams who are gonna be in the top ten picks this year. Wow, they're playing Miami two more times and they're playing Washington. They're playing Washington. Yeah. Wow. That's a pretty pretty lucky there. Yeah, I guess And Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess I can't argue. Maybe maybe he should have been our breakout player of the year. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll go with that. All right. So you're taking yourself or you're taking Wes? I'm gonna go against everything that I believe in this world and I'm going to take Wes this week because... Woo! You hear that, Wes? One, I think my team... Who needs Saquon? My team's a little beaten up. But if there was one guy I felt like I could take in this league, it's Wes because he's a gentleman. But clearly, Wes, you made the biggest mistake of your life by making that trade. Just remember that at the end of the year when you make it to the semifinals and you lose by five points. And if you had Saquon Barkley in, you could have made it to the championship. All right. All right. uh, We're going to move on. I'm taking Wes. Uh, We're going to move on to the matchup of the week. And this week's matchup of the week is the McCaffrey Mouse Club, Kyle Bastain, at Moetry and Potion, Aaron Kelly. You've got Kyle sitting at 5-1, second in the league. Aaron, 3-3, who's just quietly waiting there in the middle of the table. At fifth place, uh, it's Lamar Jackson, Saquon, Frank Gore. Oh, McCaffrey's out this week and Chris Godwin. So the top running back and top wide receiver are both out 
which makes this a very interesting matchup. Kyle's team top to bottom, Lamar, Saquon, Frank Gore, James White, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, Allen Lazard, uh, Titans D and Matt Bryant versus Aaron's team top to bottom, Deshaun Watson, David jo- Johnson, uh, Todd Gurley, Philip Lindsay, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Seahawks D, and Jake Elliott. And currently, Aaron has had two players go, and they didn't do much. He's got 11.1 points from two players, and that leaves the score projections at 107.4 for the McCaffrey Mouse Club to 104.7 for Moetry and Potion. What do you got for me, Kalo? So, I probably wouldn't go with Aaron if uh, Kyle didn't have in. I think James White is going to be a huge disappointment. So, I'm not too concerned that Lindsay only got 3.7. And I think that Lazard is not going to put up the numbers that he put up last week. So, I don't think that really hurts Aaron too much. The remaining pieces there, you got Saquon versus David Johnson. I think it depends on if David Johnson plays. If David Johnson doesn't play, obviously everything changes. But uh, Saquon, it's his first game back, so you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe they play a little um, conservative with him. We'll see. I give the edge to Gurley over Frank Gore, even though Gore is playing Miami. Um, Dealing over anybody, any week, um, obviously over Robert Woods. Cooper Cup, i say over Allen Robinson, especially playing Atlanta. I don't know. I'm going to go with Aaron on this one, um, mostly because I think that the remaining pieces he has um, are much better than or better options at this point than the remaining pieces that Kyle has. Even though Kyle's this could be a really high scoring game, um, you know, Kyle could Kyle could get 150 points and Eric can get 151 points or vice versa. I think he's, wow. these teams could break out. <clears throat> Wow, you think he's going to get 140 points from seven players? Yeah, you never know. I mean, Deshaun Watson could – he's playing Indianapolis. He could get 30 to 40 points himself. That's true, I guess. Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean the quarterbacks are – the only thing, Lamar Jackson's playing Seattle, so you might not get – And it's in Seattle. Right, so that that obviously – but I don't know. I'm going, to go with, I'm going to go with Aaron because I think the remaining pieces he has – will do better than, uh, you know, Kyle has, obviously, on his team. And then the Frank Frank Gore, uh, I don't know. It's against Miami. I know, but even even against Miami, I don't know. I mean, and and you – Look at what Adrian Peterson did last week against Miami. Yeah, but isn't Singletary coming back this week? Is he? Yeah. So – Okay, then we'll see. uh, We'll see about that. And then uh, James White and Lazard. I think those are just – that's like uh, – those are prayers, honestly. So I'll go with Aaron on this one. What about you? you gonna, I think that David your, Johnson – going to take your buddy? <laughs> what do you – what? Kyle's my buddy over Aaron? Oh, true. I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, wow. You have to pick between two of your best buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, man, you know, looking at the lineups heading into Thursday night, I would probably pick Aaron, but I don't know. I mean, Saquon's back. Um, before you pick, just realize you're not only picking the team that you think is going to win this week. You're also picking your best friend. All right. Oh, nice. (laughs) I pick a tie. (laughs) All right. Uh, man, who does Aaron put in if Johnson? Who do you think Aaron puts in if David Johnson's not playing? Oh my God, Eckler, uh, Jamal Williams, Carlos Hyde. I Carlos Hyde, honestly, because they're playing Indy too. Yeah, you can't. Um, you can't play Eckler against Tennessee, especially with Gordon back. Yeah, I don't like Lamar Jackson in Seattle. I don't like that Devin Singletary's back. I don't know what's going on with the Rams. Uh, Woods hasn't been himself. Lazard is a crazy pick, I think. Um, <laughs> I, 
I will roll with Aaron. All right. Just on one note, looking down his lineup, one thing that I hope I never hear Aaron say again is his stupid song where he goes, DJ Shark. Dun, 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 dun. That just drives me absolutely crazy. So, Aaron, if you're <laughs> listening, stop. Just stop. No. You you realize now that you said that he's going to do it all the time. I know. I know. But I'm, all right. I'm trying to help. Well, those are our picks this week. Those are our picks for breakout players of the season, plus a couple extra sprinkled in as we talked about the games. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on and being a guest host now that uh, Aaron's out gallivanting all of Europe. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I guess if I'm going to leave on any note, I'll just uh, highlight the fact that Joey Wack is a, sorry, his team is a pile of garbage. And I do not expect him to, if he makes the playoffs, go past the first round. And, and yes. And what is and what is he? Because oh, I know. I think, that. I think I already said that before, but okay. Yeah, and uh, Cramner, you're my other enemy in this league. As long as your wife keeps making nice cakes, I'll put. I won't be uh, too rough on you. But uh, I better get a cake within the next couple of weeks or I'm going to come back on the podcast and destroy you. <laughs> a uh, congratulatory cake because, you know, you're two, three weeks away from having a baby, right? Yeah, but, well, I mean, congratulatory because I'll be seven and one by that time. Okay, not congratulations on the baby. Yeah, that too, but I guess you could put something on about fantasy football and a baby. Maybe maybe your kid will weigh seven pounds, one ounce, and then. <laughs> I need my, the, he needs to weigh, there needs to be a one in there somewhere, because that's what my team is, number one. Oh, oh, okay. That's all that. All right. That's why you took that one loss that you took. You were like, I need a one. Yep. My record is seven, seven wins, and I'm number one. Oh, okay. Well, that's what it- all right. That's all we got for you this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Matt for coming on. Uh, Good luck to all of you. And that's it. Aaron and Eric, fly safe. All right. Adios, everybody. See ya.